Hey Hudson, how are you? Good. What are we gonna do right now? I'm gonna ask you questions. Okay, all right, hit it. Okay, what's your favorite color? Ugh, this is harder than you would think. They asked me this the other day in the shirt shop. My probably secret favorite color, so nobody tell, is brown. But I don't feel like anybody loves brown, so I always say it's blue. But like, <laughs> espresso brown, I love it. But like, nobody says their favorite color is brown, so I always just say blue. But that's the inside <laughs> scoop, so nobody tell. Okay, what's your favorite activity? Oh, what's my favorite activity? That's a hard one. I really enjoy reading a book, although I rarely ever do it. And the reason why is because I love reading the book so much, I struggle to get anything else done. I just want to power through it and just, I get so absorbed in it. So that's probably one of my favorite things to do, but I, I don't do that very often. Like the thing I do a lot that I enjoy is I love going out to eat with all of us as a family and I love going to watch you play sports. What's your favorite animal? Okay. Wild animal. Okay, I was going to say dog, um, but my favorite wild animal, hands down, no question, <laughs> giraffe. Love a giraffe. What's your favorite food of any food? Pizza. I love pizza. I could eat pizza, I think, every day. And I don't know why. Hardly you don't any... at Alessio's. <laughs> I do a lot. I get their buffalo chicken well, pizza. Yeah. I get their pepperoni pizza. I love pizza. But then at the shirt shop, not very many people like pizza. But I love pizza. All right. Keep her going. Okay. You're doing good. What's your favorite sport to watch? Uh, on TV or live? Like a pro sport. A professional. Well, okay. We went to a basketball game for the first time this year, a Hawks game. And I loved it. I was really surprised. I loved it. I like going to any professional game, though. I would much prefer going to a professional baseball game than watching it on TV. Watching it on TV is a bit boring, but I love it in person. Don't you think? Yeah. What's your favorite um, to watch on TV? Football. Football. Yep. Okay. Basketball goes too fast. I can't keep up because, like, <laughs> if I do something, then I'm lost. Yeah. Football is kind of the happy medium. Whereas baseball, you're sitting there for an hour to watch one person score. <laughs> okay, what's your favorite sport to play? Tennis. I love playing tennis. I don't play it much anymore, but I used to play it a lot. What's your favorite song? Oh, that is hard. I do have a tendency to follow the trends. I think my favorite song at the moment is by... Kane Brown and his wife, but I can't remember. I can't remember what it's called. Um, I can't what, What's it like? Oh, nobody wants to hear me sing. <laughs> That's the <laughs> fastest way to get people off this podcast. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'll have to do a Facebook post or a, a social media post about it when I remember the name, but it's Kane Brown. I'm even trying to think of what his wife's name is. She's an excellent singer. I had no idea until she sang on this song with him. So anyway, that's my favorite, but I don't know the name. So I guess it's clearly not something I listen to too much. <laughs> okay. What's your favorite place to go on vacation? Oh, I love going on vacation, period. Um, I, I don't want to cook while I'm va on vacation. I don't want, like, we can get a condo, but there's no need for a kitchen because I don't want to cook. I'm on vacation. I really like the beach, but I also really love a good action-packed vacation. I love Disney. 
I love going to like Pigeon Forge when we go to Dollywood. I love rides. So I like to enter, I like to, to switch off between those two things. What's your favorite uh, holiday? My favorite holiday. I would say Christmas. I really like Christmas. I love the, I love everything about Christmas. I just think it's a neat time of the year. I like the meaning behind it. I like time off work, time off school. I like it. Okay. What's your least favorite food? My least favorite food. Ooh, that's tough. Um, I really don't like avocados. Like so many people love guacamole. I am not an avocado girl. I don't know that that's my least favorite, but it's, it's definitely up there. I don't like avocados. What's your favorite pro athlete? Oh, wow. You're getting all kinds of, I am a little bit like you. I go with the season. So like I've been full football mode and so I really like Patrick Mahomes and I really like Travis Kelsey. Remember the other day I said, I feel like every other video in my For You page on TikTok is Travis Kelsey. That's because I really love me some Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes. I also really love Goldie on the St. Louis Cardinals. He's one of my favorites. I don't know enough about basketball to really have a favorite there. But those would probably be my, my top three. What's your second favorite pro football team? Because I know it's the oh, Chiefs. The Chiefs first. Are okay, this one's easy for me. It is the Detroit Lions. And the reason being is because their social media TikTokers are amazing. Whoever does their page, I love them. They're like always commenting funny stuff on people. They've commented on ours several times. So, of course, that makes me love them. So, Definitely the Chiefs first. Detroit Lions, they, they've got me a number two spot. What's your favorite movie? This one's easy as well. How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. It, if, if, you ha- if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't seen it, you just need to stop the podcast right now. <laughs> you need to go watch that movie and then you need to come back because you'll know how right I am on things. And you're going to be like, I want to keep listening now because it is such a good movie. Such a good movie. I've watched it so many times I could say it along with them. Do you like winter or summer better? I I like whatever. I like all the different seasons. I would say I like summer better than winter, though. I like winter until yeah. Christmas. And then after Christmas, I'm ready for it to get warm or yeah. snow. I want it to either be warm or snow. But if it's going to be winter after Christmas, let's get the benefit of a good snow day out of it. One more. Okay. Would you rather live in a beach house or a mountain house? Well, I'd rather live in a beach house, but in order to stay married to dad, he'd rather live in a mountain house. So I think we've got to have enough money then to spend six months at each place. Maybe just go back and forth every other month. So neither one of us gets too sick of the other one. Which would you do? Which would you rather? Which would you think? Are you going to spend six months at each with us? I'd like that. (laughs) Okay, let's tell everybody something funny. That's actually hard. Yeah. So Ryan is our producer over here, and he has got a very hard job right now because Max is so wanting to be on this podcast. He is running around in this room. He's barking. So between... Between Ryan and then our editor, Jessica, they're going to have a full-time job or everybody's going to get to hear Max, right? Mm-hmm. He wants to be, 
I think he should be on the podcast sometime, don't you think? Mm-hmm. Everybody would love a talking dog. <laughs> we don't have a talking dog. <laughs> <laughs> that, we, we, won't, we won't have Max talk today, but <laughs> hey, Hudson, you did an outstanding job. Do you like doing it better where you're asking me questions? Mm, I like you asking me questions. Okay, okay. Well, you did a great job on this. Okay, all right. But I also like asking you questions. Okay, you did a great job. All right, thanks. See ya. Welcome to the Be Kind of Everyone podcast. I am Jackie. Today, I have a very special guest filling in. Usually it's Ben and I, but today I have an amazing mom. It's someone that many of you all will have already heard of, and if you haven't, you're gonna be glad she d- you did. Her name is Kate Swenson. Most people know her from Finding Cooper's Voice, and I get chills even when I say that. I often have people say to me that they feel like they know me because they watch our social media posts, and that's the way I feel about Kate. And so, Kate, I want to welcome you to our podcast and say a huge thank you for joining me today. And I want you to start by telling me a little bit about you and your family. Fill our listeners in. So excited to be here. I was just thinking it's almost a year ago that I met you in person. Yes. Oh my gosh. Almost. I have another event coming up and I'm like, we're going to miss Carrie and Jackie. It's yes. just not going to be the same. <laughs> the same. So I am Kate Swenson. I live in Minnesota with my husband and my four kids, which is shocking to say out loud. It's a lot. <laughs> Way too many. <laughs> Do not recommend. Just kidding. Um, Cooper is 12. Sawyer is 10. Harbor is four. And Winnie are just the one that's going to break me in two. My little girl <laughs> is one. I started writing at Finding Cooper's Voice when it was a WordPress site. Remember, oh, I'm date myself. That is dating you. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. It was so cool. Oh my gosh. It was like the coolest. Seven people read my stuff. <laughs> one was my mom. <laughs> and I, I wrote about autism. I picked the name Finding Cooper's Voice because I, I, I was holding on to terms like speech delay and developmental delay and all of those things just really tight. Cooper was two and a half. And then later after autism diagnosis, started my Facebook page. And here we are, um, hopefully helping others and making change. That's my only goal. Absolutely. <laughs> and speaking of Facebook page, you are getting very close to hitting that 1 million mark. Like so you close. You noticed. I'm at 991,000 followers. Okay. It's funny. Like, I never cared about numbers. Yes. And I think you can relate to this. Yes. I didn't. I went into this thinking again, seven people yes. were going like, to care what I had to say. So, and that's why I always advise new writers too. It's like, you never know what's yes, going to happen. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think um, while it's just a funny number and, you know, the real world doesn't matter, but I think Cooper has touched millions of people and that is what just helps me. Absolutely. Okay. Speaking of millions and help, the first time I ever heard of you, and I think I can just say that one viral video, I was like the whole autism world started buzzing about Kate and Cooper Tell me, uh, tell us about that video, that moment, how it changed your life, everything of quote that video. Oh my gosh, I have goosebumps. So uh, 
um, Cooper was probably five or six. And um, just for context, he was he's severe on the spectrum. At that time, he was entirely nonverbal. And we were really starting to feel the isolation, which I'm sure a lot of parents listening can relate to, meaning our doors had locks on them. And our we had went, you know, alarms on our windows and we couldn't be safe in the community. And our world got really small and we had to just be in the safety of our home. But our home didn't feel safe either because yeah. he was hoarding and stimming and hard, hard, hard days. And um, I worked for PBS at the time and Elmo was coming to the Mall of America, which is the biggest mall, I think still, I think yes. still in the United States. And I just agonized over whether or not we should go. He loved mm. Elmo, but I was like, I don't even know how we'll walk in. I don't know how we'll wait in line and kind of set some, you know, some things up um, initially, like, we'll, you know, we, don't, we can go first, we can breeze right in, yep. you know, all the different kind of hopeful accommodations. And it ended up being probably to this date, the hardest experience ever <sighs> because we saw how truly different Cooper was and yeah. how severe he was. And we didn't fit in. And, and it almost like the world didn't really want us to, to fit in. Yeah. And I hit my lowest point. I was a yeah. caregiver in crisis. That's the, the term I use now. And um, had a really awful night where I just spent like 12 hours just watching my son and crying and thinking about who's going to take care of him after I'm gone and who's going to love him. And, you know, I just, I, I let myself go to that place that yeah. every mom like, nope, I'm good. Right. And filmed a video, literally close. I joke again to date myself, <laughs> closed it down and uh, put it on Facebook and went into work and, you know, eight hours later came out and I had already gone viral uh, and had no idea that what I was saying that anyone would care about. I really right. truly never thought that, that, you know, me saying I'm scared and autism mm -hmm. is hard and this is forever. And there's times when this doesn't feel okay. And it really changed my life. It, you know, it brought me a million followers It um, and it was very polarizing and it brought a lot of good to me and I think helped a lot of people because they still bring it up every, yes. every time I see someone, they bring it up. Yes, I can still picture that video. And I think the reason it instantly went viral is you had the courage to say what so many of us felt. I don't know about you, but when Jordan was diagnosed with autism at two, we were going to get early intervention. And then by kindergarten, she was going to be in a typical class and we were going to no longer have any struggles. Like that was my plan that I had laid out. And I believed that. And it's, I think it's because you're a lot like me. So um, you set a goal and you work towards it and you yep. achieve it. Like yes. if, if that was this example I get, if I want to run a marathon, yep. which I did, I'm going to train, I'm going to do it. If yes. I want to lose weight, I'm going to do this, do, you know, all the yes. different things, get a better job, you know, and autism was the first time in my life that I couldn't change it. Yes. I couldn't snap my fingers. It didn't matter. It honestly didn't matter what I did for a long period of time. Yes. It was like, um, it was out of my control. And, um, I truly believe too, I told myself by kindergarten, kindergarten, you know, yes. he may be quirky, but we'll be fine. We'll oh, be fine absolutely. Yes. Yep. And so when we all as moms watched that video and you had tears, like you broke down. Only time ever. It was us. Ever. It was us all breaking down with you, feeling your pain, but right alongside because we all reached that moment where 
it, it's not going to be better by kindergarten. It's not going to be better by this age. And I think that's why, like, you just resonated with so many of us. Um, you know, it's funny, that video, I don't, I haven't shared it ever again. Mm-hmm. I've never, it's, and it's still on my phone. It's been like five years. Oh, it's still on here. Yeah. And I haven't shared it. And I sometimes wonder if I should. And then I'm like, I don't know. I, I don't, don't know. know. I don't know if I'm ready for it. <laughs> I know. And it's like, but I, I think it would be a, a beautiful thing to talk about though, because I am no longer in that sad, dark yes. place. I'm truly not. I am right. Cooper's exactly who he's supposed to be. Oh my gosh. Yep. He's the most wonderful human. He's perfect. Yes. Um, but I still have elements of fear and worry and all yes. of that part's still there. Yes. Yeah. It shifts. Um, you know, that's what got us in the church shop business because Jordan, you get into this mode where things are going better and then she starts getting towards adulthood and you're like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do now? And that fear. So I think as parents, if you have a child in which more than likely is not going to live on their own, provide for themselves, any of those things, the fear can't ever fully go away. There's a lot of healing that takes place, but the fear remains. And did you ever feel, I had a post about this years ago, and I still think this, I never, it seemed like whatever amount of hope I had always angered someone. So like, I remember the beginning hoping Cooper could live independently, right? When he was little, yes. I'm like, we're going to get him there, right? Yes. And, um, and, and now I'm like, hope is Cooper living with us as long as he wants to and, and yep. it works and having a place for him to go. And people are like, gosh, you're negative thinking he'll <laughs> never live independently. And it's like, I, I can tell you that, you know, my sweet boy is not going to live independently and I'm fine with it. Yes. You know? Yes. But and that's like, not what you, being you negative. Yeah. Right. Oh, I have learned on my social media journey, like literally one comment could be, this I'm horrible at and the next one could be the exact opposite I'm horrible about like so there is always going to be those people that never view what we're doing as anything positive but I feel like realistic hope is a beautiful thing because hope is what gets us out of bed every morning but you Mm -hmm. also have to balance it with realistic expectations I always say I try to help Jordan be the best she can be whatever that is I'm okay with Mm-hmm. But the um, the new thing that I've started, it's exactly it. The new thing I've started saying is I remember when Cooper was five and six, maybe seven, I was hoping for these huge breakthroughs, right? Like yes. huge things, like like him talking, yes. um, huge things. Now I celebrate like he can get a glass of water. He can put his shoes on. Yes. He can buckle a seatbelt. He can get in the shower. I still have to help, but like yep. he can use a towel and those, um, again, they're huge. And it's like, I'm not any less sad because he's not doing these things. I am celebrating these little things because they actually are the big things. Absolutely. And I think one thing you and I have learned over this journey, everything you described is one step closer to better quality of life. Um, what shifted from me from that we were going to do this by kindergarten to realizing what we really want is a happy child, a quality of life for our family, that kind of thing. And each of those steps, I like any autism parent listening to this, no matter what stage you're on at the journey, you have to celebrate the successes. Like it even, and you need to find that friend you can celebrate with, you know, because those small steps really are huge in our world. 
Yes. And a lot of my book is about how it was almost as if I was in the beginning, as if I was searching for a different Cooper. And I, and I think that's kind of how it was presented to me. Like if you do all these things, then you're going to get this right. And it's like Cooper was always exactly who we was supposed to be. We just had to help him. Like you just said, be his best self because he did struggle a lot with anxiety, still does, you know, sleep deprivation, all those different parts. But like once you find happiness, like he's a really happy person. Yes. Oh, I was so excited. Last year we spoke about when you and I met, I went to your house and I got to meet him. Okay. I'm going to have to say I was equal as excited to meet Sawyer because he just like, I get him because of the Hudson thing. So I was like, Sawyer, can I take my picture with you? And he kind of grins and's like, sure. (laughs) Uh, But then I also got to meet Cooper and like your house was filled with people. Like it was chaotic, crazy. And he walks in and he takes his spot and he was like, good to the world. Like, this is great. Um, And I think that there was the symbol of hope. Because let's back up a little bit and talk about, uh, we're going to talk about your book, because you describe this well in your book. Some of those darkest moments, I think I remember in your book, you even wrote about at one point, you were afraid you were going to have to live in one house, and your Mm -hmm. husband and Sawyer have to live in another house because you were afraid Cooper wouldn't be able to live in the same house with him. Talk about some of those darkest moments. Yeah. So we never, um, everyone's autism journey is different, which is, I've learned that. And that can be, it's, it's so interesting how to find another child like yours can be really hard. So we didn't have a lot of autism behaviors at all. I remember thinking like, we don't have lining things up. We don't have spinning wheels. Like we don't have any yeah, of this stuff. We're good. Right? <laughs> yeah. And then as he got older, uh, more of those behaviors started happening. And what I didn't know was it really was anxiety. Anxiety is the yes. beast that just destroys Cooper. And until we tackled that, we weren't going to get anywhere. Right. And when we had our third son, um, we didn't really know what Cooper would be like. We actually had a, I was just telling the story went to the hospital to have Harbor, our third baby. And we had had a safety plan in place where Cooper would never be able to be in the car with, with Harbor. So mm-hmm. we would have to always drive separately because he was so um, um, aggressive in the car and we couldn't, we didn't know what he wanted or needed. And he, so just things you can't talk about things you yeah. can't just share. Right. Yeah. And it ended up happening that Cooper, the day that I had him or the day I came home from the hospital, he had an ear infection, got kept home with school with grandma and grandpa. We had to go from the hospital to pick him up. Uh, so rip that band-aid right off, right? <laughs> oh, life has a way of happening. And um, Harbor was born in October. And that December is the big uh, climax of my book is when the aggression started. And it was really directed towards Sawyer, which is Cooper's younger brother by two years. And we had these moments where we're like, I'm going to, we're going to have to choose, mm. you know, we can't, what do we do? Like, what do we live separately? I mean, cause Cooper would just aggressively go after Sawyer and um, it was the lowest part of my life to be perfectly yeah. honest, because how do I keep these children safe? It's not right. Sawyer's fault. It's not Cooper's fault. It's no one's fault. Right. And ended up going down our own medication journey for anxiety. And I, I'm going to, again, knock on wood, we haven't had an aggressive behavior in two years. Wow. So, um, but there are parents living in these dark, dark places and dark worlds and, and they have no one to talk to about it. Mm. 
And I think that's one of the things that really the general public, unless you live it, you truly have no idea. Um, the dark places some of these families go through. And like you said, it it's no one's fault. Like they, it's no one's fault. The child, they can't help it. But the parents live in fear or like they're afraid of elopement. They're afraid their child's going to attack them. I mean, it's, it's hard. It's really hard. And I've dabbled very minimally in sharing online about aggression. Mm-hmm. It's one of the topics that's kind of off limits because... I can present it in a very educational, loving, honest way and still get someone that'll pop up and say, you know, Cooper deserves to be in jail. He's a monster or whatever it may be. And it's like, you're missing, you're missing here. Right. So in my book, it's the only time I've ever told those aggression stories. And I will say I, uh, now it's going to change, but I, I've never had any pushback on any of it. Right. Uh, yeah. Which, okay. Your book, tell us about that. Yeah. So it came out, it'll be a year ago, April 5th. So I'm almost at the one year anniversary. Never thought I would write a book. I always loved blogging, loved mm-hmm. little writing little snippets. And I think you can relate to this. The thing with social media is you, you show little glimpses, Yes, a minute here, three minutes here, a story. And what happens is, is no one knows your story from start to finish. There's always someone new entering in at a different chapter. So when I got asked to write a book and met with an agent and a publisher, I'm like, I can tell our whole story. I can present it as, you know, we had marriage struggles, but it wasn't anyone's fault. You know, Sawyer has resentment, but it's it's normal for him to have that or yes. you know, all the different parts. So um, I wrote it during COVID <laughs> with three kids at home, <sighs> no help, husband home, no therapies, no, no school, no daycare, and then found out I was pregnant. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> uh, Speaking of dark days, uh, let me take you back. So, yes, uh, I love it though. It, it I um, it's doing really well. And Tell us the name, or I can Forever, Forever Boy. Boy. And it's a mother's memoir of autism and finding joy. And it's a story of hope. It's not a sad story. It really, truly isn't. It's hopeful, and you don't have to have autism in your life to read. Oh, one hundred percent, you don't. So last year it was right before it came out and I got an early copy. I mean, not to brag or anything, but I did. Okay. So (laughs) I, I don't know about you, but I don't have a chance to read a lot. Like I'm really busy. I love to read. And when I'm the worst book club member. So exactly. Um, I can go for the wine and hors d'oeuvres, but I, I don't read the book. But so we went on spring break last year and I'd taken the book I but I, I didn't get a chance to pick it up until on the way home. And this tells how much I don't read anymore because Hudson looked at me in the car and he goes, what, what are you doing? And I said, I'm reading a book. And he goes, you're reading it. And so then I proceed to tell him and he was like, wait, you know, the person that wrote this. And I was like, well, yes, I do. So of course then I felt cool, but I literally could not put the book down. I read the book from start to finish within like two days. Like I just, and so of course I did what I do. I text all my friends and I'm like, you guys, you've got to read this book. I knew it meant a lot to me because I think it's the same way as that video. I saw myself in so many of these, even though there was differences with Jordan and Cooper, there were so many similarities, so many similar fears. And so it just, it was, it was my way of saying to like family, friends, 
read this because you're going to know how I feel. And so one of my best friends, she was like, oh my gosh, can I come over and get it? And so she's literally texting me all as she's reading it. She, she doesn't have a child with autism. She was like, this is amazing. Like she couldn't put it down. And you do have, and I'm not just saying this, you have an amazing way of writing. And I knew that before the book, like reading your posts, you you have a really good way, but your book is very engaging, even to someone if they knew nothing about autism, because it is a story. It could almost even be a fictional book because it reads like that. It's like you interject it with today versus then. And it's just, it's really good. Uh, So I, I really, I loved it. But again, I think it's because I could tell people read this book and it allowed them to better understand my life. And that's what you did for people. Do you know what's interesting is like when you write something, you never know who's going to read it or what the feedback's going to be. And and I knew it would resonate with the autism community. Yep. But kind of what you just said, I, the most powerful compliments have been someone like I've had multiple people that are like, I gave this to my dad who didn't believe autism. Yes. I gave this to like a friend, just like basically what you described. Um, and another one, I had an adult sibling who read it and reached out to me and said she finally understands what her mom went through. Oh, uh, like I was like, so the thing that I've been telling people to do is if it resonated with you, write your child, your neurotypical child, a letter inside the front yes. cover and put it away for them. Uh, yeah. yes. The other thing I loved was times when like the whole family would do a book signing, um, you know, to see Sawyer signing it as well. I don't know. He might be a little bit like Hudson. Hudson was once asked to sign a card to autograph a card along with Jordan. And he, it was a couple of years ago and he thought it was so cool. So I took a picture and I did what we all do. I shared it on social media. Well, then orders come in. Oh, can I have Hudson autograph mine? He like, Uh he got through about 10. He was like, I'm all done with this. I don't want to keep signing my name. So it was funny. So Sawyer might've got a bit like that as well, but, um, I thought it was neat the way the whole family, you know, was involved with it. When the book came, so we had just moved. We are always doing something. This is very normal. But so we moved. It would have been, um, the book came out in April. So that October before we moved. And um, so all our boxes got mixed, moving and mail all got mixed together. And I unpacked this box and it was a case of the book. That's Uh how it kind of works. Your publisher will send you like 25 copies before it comes out. Yes. And they're soft covers. And Sawyer actually opened it and he was like, mom what's this? You wrote a book? I'm like, yes, buddy, I wrote a book. And then he's like, what's it about? And I was like, it's actually a lot about you. Like yeah. a lot of the book is yes. about whole family. It's yes. not just Cooper by any means. Yes, exactly. Kate, I think you and I could keep talking for hours, but I promise I won't ask you to stay on that long, but do you have a little bit longer? We're just going to keep going so we can have two episodes out of this. Absolutely. Perfect. Thank you so much for listening to the Be Kind to Everyone podcast. We know your time is valuable. We appreciate you spending it with us. Word of mouth is the number one way people learn about new podcasts. So we need your help for people to find us. Please, please, please tell everyone you know about our show. To learn more about our story and see our shirts, go to BeKindToEveryone.com. Thanks for listening. Have a good day, you guys.